0: Welcome to Attitudes of Sexual Integrity Now here's your host, my husband, Russ Shaw Thank you, baby That is my wife doing the intro to Attitudes of Sexual Integrity today i like having my wife in the studio Recording this show in studio Got kind of an email from a listener talking about sound quality. I got a lot of people that say they like it when I'm doing the show in the car, hearing some of the background noise, some of the stuff going on. But uh, it can be it can be tough to listen to some of the noises, some of the background noise. So this is an in-studio show that I'm doing today. I get a lot of emails. People asking me, "How are you doing? How are you doing, Russ? What what's going on?" and I appreciate that I want to know what's going on in your lives and you're checking on me seeing what's going on in mine I I was on a local Seattle radio show 820 AM KGNW show called Live from Seattle with Thor Tolo Thor's a great guy does this Christian afternoon call in talk radio show it's a three hour show I did an hour on Monday And they asked me back to do an hour on Friday as well. I like that. I'm not used to live radio, though. I go on, and there's commercials and stuff, and things have to end at a certain time. I might say something stupid, and I can't edit it out like I can here because this show isn't live. Uh, A caller, you know, on Friday, I took a lot of callers and people calling in, and it was tough to answer them just off the cuff, off the fly, because a lot of you folks send me emails, and I I like the emails. I go over them, and I study them. I, I get into the Bible, and I, and I really think about how I'm going to respond to some of your emails. And a lot of the show is driven by your emails. This show today is driven by email that I've got from some listeners. But the main thing I want to talk about is... Part of having my wife in studio is the intimacy of being in relationship with a spouse. If you're married and you're listening to this show, it's so critically important that you take what I'm talking about, especially when I'm talking about intimacy, and try and mold that into your relationship with your spouse, with your wife. Uh, Part of the deal with sexual addiction is you do not believe your partner is a safe place to bring your heart. And that might not be their fault. It might not be your fault. It just might be the way you were raised. You do not know how to do intimacy. That was me. I was not open with my wife most of the time. Some of it was fear of her reaction. And some of it was just the fact that I did not know if it was okay to feel a certain way. Dr. Block, Dr. Joel Block, uh, was a very powerful uh, guest on my show. As an answer to prayer to get this guy on my show. I mean, he's been on, like, the Today Show with Matt and Katie, and now he's on my show. And, uh that was That was awesome, as I answered a prayer to get him on my show, a very, very gifted psychologist wrote this book, "Naked Intimacy," that I talk a lot about. I, I address a lot of that stuff in my show. But the main thing that I want you to get your head around is being able to have that intimate relationship with your spouse. And if you're single and you're listening to me, being able to do that in the future, where you have someone in your life that you love, that you can share your heart with, that you can talk openly about the stuff that's going on in your life, in your heart. Dr. Block, in his book, talks about a guy who gets home from work he's had a really tough day and he's struggling he's hurting from what went on in work and he comes home and he's trying to communicate with his spouse he's trying to open up to her about his heart and, and some of the stuff he's going through in his day and she just totally shoots him down or says that he's stupid for feeling the way he's feeling because, you know what, maybe if you were to work on time or if you didn't do this or didn't do that maybe you, if things would be better. Now that guy, at that moment, just shuts down. He withdraws from her because he feels judgment he feels that and instead instead of taking her on in a heart-to-heart debate about how he's feeling he withdraws some sometimes withdraw can be disregarding defending yourself or resenting the other person but all of it equals you distance yourself from your spouse you distance yourself from that relationship why do we do that why do we distance ourselves why are we afraid to confront the other person. Some of it can be communication skills. Some of it can be the way we were raised. Some of it can be fear of rejection or fear of control. Dr. Block in his book talks about a situation between a mother and a child, and it goes something like this. The child says, mommy, I'm hungry. Mommy says, you can't be hungry, you just ate. The child says, louder, but mommy, I'm hungry mommy says you're not hungry you're just a little grumpy let's play a game the child says whining no i'm hungry the child says mommy it's hot in here mommy says it's chilly keep your sweater on but it's hot in here mommy says it's not hot in here keep your sweater on the child says no i'm hot i don't like this game it's boring mommy says no it isn't it's very interesting the child says it's stupid it's fun you can learn from it it stinks and i don't like it mommy says yes you do all this stuff is telling the child that it's not all right to feel the way they're feeling you know you don't know how many bites of the uh burger your child had and you're saying you're not hungry you just ate you are dictating how they feel If you grew up like that, constantly being controlled, constantly being told that however you feel is not right, you can develop this all the way up into your marriage, all the way up into your relationships at work, in business, in school, with your parents when you're older. You just don't feel like they are a safe place to talk about stuff. Or you feel like, however you're feeling, maybe that's not right. Maybe I shouldn't be feeling that way. Now when we get older, we know when we're hot. We know when we're hungry. We get a grip on feelings like that. But do we know when we're sad? Is it okay to be sad? Is it okay to be angry? Is it okay to be disappointed? Being able to bring that to your spouse in a lover relationship, in a relationship with someone that you are in love with, that you've accepted, that you've made your partner for life. Can you do that? Can you have that intimacy, that real, live intimacy with your partner, with your wife, with your husband? Can you talk with your kids on a heart level and get down deep with them? My counselor, Alec Lee Warner, talked about this. He talked about making eye contact and watching the nonverbals. If you want to communicate something to your, especially your teenagers, because teens, the thing I like about teens is they have an instant BS detector. They know when you're not being authentic. And they don't always know how to communicate that, but they can almost sense it. Like how dogs can sense fear. If you're not being real, with your teen, they can sense it. They know what's going on. And when you look in their eyes and say, Honey, I love you, do you understand that? You can read their nonverbals just by making eye contact with them and and sensing their spirit. Now at this point you might be asking yourself, Russ, what does this have to do with sexual integrity? I mean I'm addicted to porn here. Or I'm having an affair or I'm having homosexual tendencies Why are you talking about intimacy? Because intimacy is tied to sexuality. Intimacy is tied to eroticism. Intimacy is tied to that stuff. It has connections to that stuff. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychotherapist. I'm just a guy who has done a lot of reading in this stuff, has been in a lot of groups. I've been connected with people. And I understand that when people start to share their hearts, this acting out sexually things starts to go away. They have less of a grip on this addiction. It starts to s- slip away from them when they are communicating their hearts, especially with their spouse. They start to understand. They start to be able to discern how to communicate with their spouse. And that's part of the adventure that I want to talk about. Last show I talked about was all about adventure. Being able to wrap your mind around that this Christian life is not something you have to drag your butt through. I'm not just living this life, you know, serving my time here until Jesus takes me home. Disagree with that attitude. Get out of that attitude. Start to take this stuff on. Start to look at it as a challenge. Uh, the Bible looks at it as a challenge. So when Solomon talked to his sons in Proverbs, was a Proverbs was a letter from Solomon to his sons, getting them prepared for life. This is from Proverbs chapter three, verse thirteen. Blessed is a man who finds wisdom. The man who gains understanding. Some translations say discernment. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in the right hand of her. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and her paths are peace. She is the tree of life. To those who embrace her, those who will lay a hold of her will be blessed. By wisdom... The Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, He set the heavens in place. And that's ending in verse 19. There's a lot in the Bible about wisdom, about discernment, about understanding. And how do we do that? How do we get that? I had a email from listeners, and this is another thing that I want to address. I have listeners who challenge me. A couple of listeners in particular who do not always totally agree with me and i think that's great or they take me on they challenge me with something they say now in the show when you talked about this what did you mean by that and i want more of that if there's something that i say in a show that you see is unrealistic or you just disagree with or you get angry about i used to get angry with stuff in the bible and i'm thank god i go to a church i go to a church ac3 in marysville washington and my pastor pastor rick i Would just go up to him and I'd say stuff like, uh, coming back, when I was coming back from the church from being this bitter thing that I had against Christians, I just thought that Christians were mean and nasty and didn't care about people and just liked to point fingers at people. I had this whole attitude and it was a bitter, negative attitude that I had towards Christians. And this church, AC3, actually caught me, cared enough about me to, to counsel me and my wife for what we were going through. But I would come up to Pastor Rick and I would say, the sermon on the mount where jesus said this you know i disagree with that what is up with that what was jesus mean by that it just doesn't be, seem realistic to me and he would say you know he wouldn't get angry with me or shoot me down he would just say you know come in my office sit down and let's talk about it that's what I, you know that's what he did for me that's what i want you guys to do with me as well i want you to take me on if there's something i say that doesn't make sense just say it email me Send me an email and say, Russ, that just doesn't make sense. I talk a lot about getting in community. I think it's important to get in a group. When you're in a group environment with real people, not just online people, you're getting on message boards or you're talking with people on chat lines, You know, whether it's about your addiction, whatever it is, it's not a face-to-face type of a relationship. Uh, ver- uh, nonverbal communication is a huge part of, of relationship being able to see people being able to have everybody in the same room with all their souls together in the same room i think it's important i think it's important to get into groups but at the same time i think that men should be in men's groups women should be in women's groups and really watch the intimacy watch what your goals are in that your goal is to get more connected with your spouse get more connected with your family when you start when you start talking about stuff in a group that is your goal, is to be able to communicate like you do in the group with your spouse, with your parents if you're a teen dealing, struggling with this. Just being able to communicate. I'm not saying going up to your parents and saying, Hey, I'm addicted to porn. No, you have to ramp up to that. You have to get to that point, and that's going to take time. They may not even know your heart. You may not be able to share your heart. You may not feel like you're a safe place, or they're a safe place, to discuss some of this stuff. That's why I think it's important to get into groups. I had an email from a listener who did this, got into a group, which was a Bible study at their church, and somebody in the group brought up, I believe that People who are gay or people who are caught in addictions are not going to heaven because they're in their addiction, because they, they're they stuck in sin. So I, I just think that those people are going straight to hell. Now, the listener closed up after that. They withdraw. They eyes hit the floor, don't know what to say. And maybe it's because they don't understand who they are. I believe that you cannot lose your salvation. If you're still seeking, if you're still trying to figure this out, if you're still you know, in this addiction and you're trying to get free of it, you're saved. You are saved. You have a relationship with your Creator. You are being part of the body of Christ. Emailing this show and me talking about this stuff is being part of the body of Christ. Whatever struggle you might have, whatever thing that you hear that I say that you disagree with, instead of just turning the show off and never listening to me again, or, I don't know if I can do this because this stuff is just too hard. If something I say you think is too hard, email me. Say, Russ, you know, that's just too tough. I don't know if I can do that. By you reaching out like that, you're being part of the body of Christ. Jesus talked about that Paul talked about that being part of the body of Christ is being in community it's all about relationships it's relationships not religion that helps you get free of this stuff that's what Jesus is concerned about he's concerned about your heart condition god loves you i get so many emails from so many listeners who think you know i'm just going to hell And I don't want to take away your fear of God because I think that's important. But I didn't start to grow spiritually until I got my head around this stuff. Until I understood that God loves me. He doesn't hate me. Satan is the great accuser. That's what the word means. The word Satan means accuser. Accuser of the brethren. He's trying to tell you how much of a piece of crap you are. And when you eternalize that, you are helping him by your own self-hatred. No I'm going to back this up biblically because, you know, don't take my word for it. If you don't want to, if you're some scholar or theologian out there, you know, take up Hank Hanegraaff. Here's a guy has a radio show who has dedicated his whole life to biblical study. I mean, the guy knows the Bible inside and out. You throw up a page number of a certain Bible, and he can tell you what's on it. I mean, he just knows the Bible, and he says the same thing. He says you cannot lose your salvation. Unless you just totally reject God. Unless you're just like, I don't believe in God anymore. And some people even argue with that. But John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that everyone who believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I talked about this in episode 6, but I'm going to mention it again in Corinthians. Paul is talking to the uh, Corinthians about... And this is a society that is, is just twisted. I mean, these people have sexual immorality run rampant. You think it's bad nowadays in the United States or in Britain or in Australia or wherever you might be listening to this show? The Corinthian society at that time was full of... I mean, there was just open prostitution everywhere. The church, people would go worship the god Aphrodite, the Greek god Aphrodite, and there would be prostitutes. And that's how they would, I mean, they would just go in. and it, that's, That was the culture at the time. And Paul comes to this culture of believers. A lot of these folks would get saved become Christians because then they could just do whatever they want. Well, Jesus says, forgive me of my sins, now I can do whatever I want, Right now here 's one of the the scriptures that is so taken out of context so much, and it 's usually aimed at gay people and they like to point the finger at gay people and say you 're going to hell it 's first corinthians six nine Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither sexual immorality, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor greedies, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you are washed. You were sanctified. You were justified by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. The Corinthian church at the time, here in uh, verse 12, they used to say, Everything is permissible for me, but everything is not beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food for the stomach and the stomach for food. We all have sexual appetites. We all deal with that stuff. But if we are mastered by our sin, if we are giving ourselves up to sin then we are mastered by it. We come enslaved by it. I talk about, in attitudes, I talk about slavery. Sex addiction is slavery. You do not want to do this stuff. It's system failure. It's your heart versus your spirit. Body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for me, the Lord. And the Lord for the body. That's being the body of Christ. That's part of being who Jesus is. That's part of reaching out, helping other people. We are Christ followers. Or if we're Christians, then we are part of the body of Christ. It's wrapping your head around the fact that you've been bought for a price. If you're saved, Jesus has already paid His price on the cross for you. He's paid your sin debt in full. It is finished, He said. Stop beating yourself up. The more you identify yourself with your sin the farther you are away from being part of the body of Christ. If you think, I'm a pervert, I'm just this sicko. Somebody marked my show with sicko on my Yahoo. You can do a one-word review of the show, and on Yahoo, somebody put sicko. You know, some people are going to say that. They might call you that. That's a risk you're going to have to take. But as long as you don't eternalize that and say, oh yeah, I'm a sicko. You're not a sicko. You're not a pervert. You're not this person. You are a spirit. The person that's listening to this show right now proves that. You are proving to your spirit, your flesh, that you are not willing to put up with this. That you are not addicted, you not. do not want to be this porn addict, this sex addict you have you are reaching out, you're being the body of Christ when you take on your addiction and say I will not deal with this any longer, I will not internalize this I will not be my sin I'm going to do things like listen to a podcast show about sexual integrity, you're proving what Paul's talking about here By simply listening to the show. By emailing me, you're even reaching out further and being the body of Christ because you're talking about your weakness and how I can talk about your weakness and share it with other people. Talk about how somebody went to counseling and got free of this, like I did. Verse 14, by His power, God raised the Lord from the dead and He will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ Himself, and that's what I'm talking about. Since you've been bought for a price, since you got saved, you are part of the body of Christ. You are part of Jesus Himself. Then Paul says this, Shall then I take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never! Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. You are sinning against yourself. He's talking about adultery here, but if you're looking at pictures on a flickering screen, Jesus said that's adultery. If you're looking at someone with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery already. And the more you beat yourself up about it, the less of an impact you are. The more you reach out and say, I'm not willing to deal with this. I'm not willing to be this person, this sinner, this sin that's this thing that's taking control over me, that has me in slavery. I don't want to do it anymore. And that's why you're listening to this show. Stop beating yourself up. You're beating yourself on the inside. That's what you're doing. Start reaching out. That's intimacy. It's relationship. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought for a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. In Galatians 5.13, Paul says, You, my brothers... We're, not, we're called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful natures. Rather to serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. And this can happen in groups. If we don't know how to deal with it, if we don't take on judgment. In Galatians 2.20-21, 20 to 21, he says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I, but Christ, liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. Starting in verse 20 of uh, NIV, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 21. I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law then Christ died for nothing. You can't be good enough. You can't be righteous enough. We all have fallen short. We all sin. We all fail. We sin every day. It's getting closer to the light. That's what's important. The fact that you feel guilty about this, the fact that you want to get help with this, proves it. It proves that you've been bought for a price. That you know that the Holy Spirit dwells within you. And you want to get free of this. You know that you're in slavery. That's why you're listening to my show. That's why you're emailing me. And I challenge more people to email me. I want to know the stuff that is in your spirit that denies that that says, "Well Christ was crucified for me why do I do this? Why do I want to sin? If the Christian life is so great, then why do I want to do this stuff I want you guys to email me with your with your stuff challenge me if you disagree that's judgment you get in a group like the listener who emailed me did that said this person just I felt like a pervert I felt like a a jerk part of it is knowing your Bible and I challenge you to read the Bible every day every single one of you get up in the morning and read 15 minutes of the Bible and pray every day just pray pray for the people around you pray for your neighbors pray for your kids pray for your wife if there's a shred of you that believes in God do this I challenge you when my counselor told me to do this, challenged me with this, I was not real sure about the whole Christian thing. I was not sure if God even loved me or cared about me at the time. I was so eternalized, I so identified myself with my sin that I, I was shut off. My faith was so weak. Because I so thought I was my sin. The devil had me duped into believing that my sin is who I am. I am saved by grace. I know I can't be good enough. I'm not trying to be righteous enough for God. So I can score some brownie points. Maybe I might get into this club called heaven. No, the price has already been paid. Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood. We go to communion. I talked about this again in episode 6. We go to communion. We break the bread. We drink the grape juice. What does that signify? Christ died for you. So stop beating yourself up. So many listeners are beating themselves up. and And I did that too. I did it. But you have to wrap your head around why. Why do you beat yourself up? And part of it has to do with judgment. Part of it has to do with intimacy. You're judging yourself, and you are withdrawing and resenting from you. Having the courage to get group is important. Having the courage to be in a Bible study is important. I didn't even have the courage to do that. I'm kind of embarrassed to say that. Some of you who are actually in groups, in Bible studies, have more courage than I did. I wasn't going to get in a group with a bunch of judgmental Christians who were going to point their finger at me. And that's how I thought. I was being just as sinful in my judgment of them as they I thought they were being of me. But being able to take that on. Because when you're judged or you feel like you're judged, you are going to either withdraw, you're going to resent, you're going to get defensive... Or you'll just disregard what they say and, you know, I don't care. I don't care is part of a defense mechanism. Yeah, I just don't care. I got a thick skin. Whatever. You people do what you want to do. I don't care. It's part of withdrawal. Backing away. If you accept what they're saying and then do a self-evaluation and say, is this me? And yeah, I said self-evaluation. Some Christians look at that and they say, well, you know, I'm about God and I'm my identity is wrapped up in God. Well, maybe that's why God doesn't take this from you. Because you're so wrapped up in who God is, your relationship with God, that you get angry that God isn't taking this from you. If you're like me, you've prayed a thousand times, God, please take this from me. I hate that I do this. I don't want to do this anymore. God wants you to do a self-evaluation like I said in episode 6 Dr. Jesus is pushing on the pain and wanting you to deal with what's underneath it what's causing the pain instead of beating yourself up I guess I'm just going to hell I guess there's a pitchfork with my name on it God doesn't love me that's not true and saved by grace you need to get that in your head you need to integrate that integrity. You've been bought and paid for. Your sentence been paid in full. Now serve. How do I serve, Russ? Get in a group. Talk with people. It doesn't have to be this drag thing. Look at that as part of the adventure. Part of understanding. You're getting understanding. You're getting discernment. That's exciting. You start getting in relationships with folks and being able to get the skills, the communication skills to take some of that stuff on and not worrying about it. Get a no-fear attitude to this stuff. I like the church I'm going to because we kind of are all like-minded people. I remember sitting down in group and just saying, Hey, I'm addicted to porn. How do you like that? Just throw that out on the table. You think people went, No, they didn't. But that's where I was at. And some of you aren't in groups where you can do that. But get to that part where you can get in a safe place, where you can get open people up. If the person in the group who was taken on by that judgmental person, maybe that was judgment in their heart, or maybe they just didn't understand the Bible. Maybe they just don't know what Jesus did on the cross. And this is a theological thing, and some people disagree with me about that. But, you know, I believe what the Bible says. I believe the Bible is true. I believe as long as you're seeking, as long as you're trying to get over this stuff, you are being the body of Christ. As long as you share it, you get it out. My strengths help other people, and their strengths help me. That's the relationship. If the person in the group who was confronted with that said, well, what about... what?" Paul said in James, that we can't be righteous enough. That if we were righteous enough, then Jesus died for nothing. What about that? You want to talk about an adrenaline rush? You want to talk about reading the nonverbals? Forget bungee jumping. Say that in a group. That's an intimacy thing that can open up... I mean, if you say that and there's other people in the group who were hit as hard by that person's judgmental statement as you were and you said something like that, you can just watch the non-verbals. Look at, Watch them look up. They're going, yeah. <laughs> you know? That is exciting. It gets those chemicals in your body, the same chemicals that are keeping you addicted to porn, like dopamine, like adrenaline, you get that stuff working in your body when you do that, when you confront some of that stuff in a group, when you get intimate with people in a group, when you get intimate with your spouse. There was stuff I, I said to my wife that sometimes I would start getting my heart would start pounding and stuff like that, and I thought that she would respond in some way that was going to be judgmental or negative or something, and she would just go, oh, well, that's how you feel about that? Well, wow, all right, that's cool. You know? I was afraid. Maybe it's because of the way I was raised. I don't know. But I just didn't know how to do intimacy. And when I started to learn how to communicate with my spouse, I learned that, you know what? She's not someone I need to be scared of. She's a safe place I can put my heart. And that's where I want you guys to get. I want you to be able to pull your heart out. Out of all that stony stuff. Out of all the shell out of the metal armor that you've put around it, be able to pull it out and put it out there and say, here I am. Is that okay? This is who I am. This is my heart. It's a gift. It's a gift to you. That's making yourself vulnerable. Bungee jumping, for example. You stand on a bridge with a piece of rubber band plastic, whatever, rubber, uh, like a bungee cord attached to your your legs and you jump off that bridge you are making yourself vulnerable. Here you are going 400 miles an hour towards the water down below you that could be a thousand feet below you knowing that the difference between life and death is that bungee cord breaking or not that's being vulnerable that's getting your heart starts racing your adrenaline starts flowing through your body and you jump. it's the same thing putting your heart out there, saying, Here I am. This is what I am. This is who I am. Is that okay? Is that alright? It can be exciting. It can be a rush. Matthew 7. A lot of Dr. Block's book, this guy, Gifted Psychologist, the book, Naked Intimacy, I go back to again, is all about chapter 7 of Matthew, where Jesus, these are the words of Jesus, he says, Do not judge, lest you yourselves be judged. For the way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it shall be measured to you. Now, a lot of people hear that verse and they think, Is that what's going to happen when I die? The way I judged everybody else? Uh, I'm going to be judged like that? No. It's how, what's happening right now in your life. This spiritual thing, this thing you're setting in motion. When you do something in relationship with anyone, whether it be judgment, whether it be in a group, whether it be sharing, words are powerful. Words are more powerful than tanks. Understanding is like riches, it says in Proverbs. Discernment, knowing when to judge someone, knowing how to judge them. Judgment isn't bad. It's the way you do it. Is your judging someone to help them because you love them, speaking the truth in love? Or is it to strike them, like I talked about in episode six? I talked about the F word in episode six. Why is the F word so offensive? Did you say it twice in a movie, and the movies are rated. Why is that? Why is that word such a huge, offensive word in our society? You know why? Because it means to strike. It means to hurt somebody. I talked about that in episode 6. Why do you think it's tied to sex as well? That word. But I don't want to get off subject. Judgment, when it, when it's to strike someone, is sin. Judgment, when you're trying to point out to someone their fault or their error or something that might be hurting them is loving that person. But if they don't understand it, if they don't get it, if they get defensive, if they disregard, if they resent you, if they withdraw from you, then your judgment is the log. Verse 3, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? Do you not notice the log that is in your own eye? That is your judgment. If your judgment is so big that you can't see, you can't help them with the little thing that's in their eye that you're judging them for, then your judgment is totally in the way. You cannot even see what's going on in their life because you do not get past the judgment. If you can't get past the judgment and start a dialogue, then it's not worth judging someone. Jesus says, you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye. Then you can see clearly enough to take the speck out of your brother's eye. We've got to get the person we're judging, or if we ourselves are being judging, judged, to do a self-evaluation, is this is what this person's saying? How does it hit me? And if you can reject it, like for example, knowing the Word of God, if you're in a group and somebody says you're going to hell because you're addicted to something, you can say, No, wait, nah, let's let's look at this verse. Let's look at that verse. Knowledge doing that self-evaluation and and the way you start to learn about yourself is is through the Bible is through understanding the scripture and understanding people and being in relationships and in community and it takes courage it is going to take courage to to take that stuff on your reactions life 20% of life is what happens to you 80% of life is how you react to it I forget who said that but that is powerful stuff Jesus says, talking about being a safe place, Do not give what is holy to dogs. And do not throw your pearls before swine. lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Would you just throw out in a group like that where there's a judgmental person something really touchy about your heart like your addiction? Like maybe your spouse is walking out on you um, like you have thoughts of suicide would you share something like that in a group where you didn't feel safe of course not that's what we need to get to you do not know what the other people in a group are or what they're going through you do not know what other people in the listenership of this audience are going through That's why I challenge you to email me with this stuff. It's powerful when you can email me and have me bring it to this audience. You're helping other people when you do that. You're being part of the body of Christ when you do that. Getting you to understand your identity. You're part of the body of Christ. That's who you are. Do a self-evaluation. Say, who am I? Who am I? What are my spiritual gifts? What are my gifts? What, What am I good at? as a as a person in the body of Christ know that you are not your sin and also know that it's not all about you doing this stuff is not to make you happy or to make you a better person it's to be an integral part in this body of Christ and that is exciting it's exciting to die to self it's exciting to go through this this stuff it, that's why I talk about the adventure do you think there's an adventure out there where somebody just gets what they want and they sit around and they, they do all the stuff that they want to do? Is that something that, you know, like I talked about in the last episode, life is not about that. Life is about struggle. It's the way it's supposed to be. It's about taking risks. You open up in a group and you say something like that, people might judge you. People might call you a sicko. Loving the sinner and hating the sin. And that has to do with going with you on the inside. I had a listener, uh, Karen who was when i was on the radio the seattle radio station this person called up and said that her and her husband were separated he had a porn addiction and she just was not willing to deal with it anymore and god bless her for for doing that being able to separate from that person you know you cannot accept somebody's sin you know that you have to be able to love them Be able to look in their eyes and say, I love you, but this sin I'm not going to tolerate. This is not who you are. That's why people like vampire movies, I think. That's why the whole vampire genre has been around since the starting of movies were invented. You know, back in the 40s or 30s. The first movie, Dracula movie. Because the vampire is all about sin. It's all about the sinful person, the person who's lurking in the dark, who sucks the blood, the life out of people. It's about control. It's about sexuality. It's about looking at other people and and wanting to victimize them, wanting to strike them, looking in the eyes of a person and saying, I love you, but you have something you need to deal with, but I'm going to love you through it. Being able to look in their eyes and say, I love you, and watch their nonverbals. And they might cry and say, I've hurt you so bad. But I don't know how to stop. Maybe they'll say that. Just encourage them that they can stop. I've stopped. I'm not addicted to porn anymore. In recovery, dealing with those heart issues. And by recovery, I mean dealing with the stuff I've been through, dealing with the hurt I've caused. Dealing with the hurt that's been caused on me. I don't wish anybody the stuff that I've gone through in my life. Some of the pain that I've suffered, I I wouldn't wish that on anyone. But through the pain of recovery, it's made me a better person. I can share with you my story. I have this ministry because of the pain that I've gone through. And unfortunately, the pain that I've caused. Which I also would never wish on anybody or anybody's spouse for that matter because I've shattered my wife's heart at times the person I love the most I shattered her heart on the floor and saw the broken pieces everywhere I did not want to do that to her I just had so much junk in my spirit and my soul that I didn't deal with and killing the vampire in me, was dying to self. When I let go of the stuff that I wanted to do, when I stopped beating myself up, I started the process of killing the vampire. For the judgmental person, for the controlling person, they have their own vampire. I started getting angry at the church people. I I couldn't stand judgmental Christian religious types. I I had... resentment towards them and I had to deal with that in my spirit. They are that way for a reason. They are hurting as well. They have stuff inside them that they haven't dealt with. They like to strike other people. They like to hurt other people. Why? Because maybe they were hurt. Being able to take them on in their judgment, you can be helping that person. Helping that person identify something in them that is broken. Because we're all broken. You know, this this idea that you get in a group and you stand up and you say, Hey, my name's Russ and I have a problem. We all have problems. No kidding. You're a human being. It's just important to be in community. It's important to be in groups. And don't look at it as some awful thing. i got to go and be in this group on Tuesdays. is group night. Uh. No, build friendships. Build relationships with people. It's exciting. You start getting these friendships built with folks. You're going through the battle. You're looking for the hidden treasures of discernment, of understanding. You can do this with your kids, with your teens. They're just trying to find out who they are. Boys, they're asking their fathers, Do I measure up? Am I good enough? Girls, they're asking their fathers or their mothers, "Am I pretty? Am I am I exciting? Am I enchanting? Am I am I captivating?" John Eldridge's new book, it's the Wild at Heart for women. It's called Captivating. Ladies, pick that book up. Guys, pick that book up for your ladies. Awesome book. I'm gonna put it on my uh, book list on my website soon. Make eye contact. Are your kids wearing... they have blue hair? Are they saying, do you love me? Are they saying, do you love me by the way they're dressing? Do you love me enough to to correct me? To fix me? To take me on? What do you think? Some of these kids wear black and they get into goth. Because they're identifying with their sin. They think that's who they are. Being able to say, hey, you have light in you. You have beauty in you. You have discernment. Understanding, You have grace in you. It's doing relationship and doing it with an attitude, with a new attitude, taking a self-evaluation. That's the show. Thanks again for listening. Next week, I'm going to be talking about the bomb going off. What happens if there's an affair? What happens if you have to confess an affair? What happens if you have to tell your wife you're addicted to porn? How do you do that? How do you do that in a way that's not going to hurt them as much as it's going to hurt them. What happens if you've been caught in an affair? I'm going to have a guest on my show. Not the next show, but the show after that. Wrote a book, James Brooke, wrote a book called Taking a Bullet. Him and his wife, they went through an infidelity. They're going to tell their story. The book is called Taking a Bullet. Thanks again for listening. This is Russ Shaw. Website is digitalaudioproject.com You You can go to the slash ASI, digitalaudioproject.com Links to ASI, it's all ASI, digitalaudioproject.com My email russ at digitalaudioproject.com Please send me your email. I want to know your struggle. I want to know what you're going through. I want to know your hurts. I want to know if you think that I'm being unrealistic. Remember, folks, it's not about religion. It's about relationship. Church culture, so many times it ends at the parking lot of the church. You have to get out of the real world and integrate your integrity into the rest of culture. It's about communication. Remember what Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. If you're hurt, if you're down, if you're beaten up, rejoice. Blessed are those who grieve. You've got to get to that point. You've got to get to the point where you're letting it all out. Do that. Russ at digitalaudioproject.com My challenge for you is that you get in a group. Hopefully a group that's a safe place. Hopefully you get in a group like our church's group where we just talk about stuff. Me and my buddy Fane have a group called Integrate Integrity. And that's what we talk about. We just get bare, open soul. Stuff, guys, just men and we talk about life and I pray that you can do that I, that's my challenge for you is that you get in community, that you're talking to someone face to face, heart to heart, eye contact maybe you need to get in a couples group maybe you and your wife are a problem, maybe you can't communicate maybe what I said about intimacy in this show, you, you identified with it's my challenge for you you get in a group, you get into community with folks that Without that, you're not going to get free, man, I'll say it. You have to reach out. Reach out beyond me. Thanks again for listening to the show. Until next week...